0: You're listening to Be On the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sismontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner, Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a Cask Night and Taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature Vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers.
1: LRs. <laughs> What's up, guys? Big Lou here. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. Tonight we have a very, very interesting topic, which is something that we've been, I've been trying to think about and bring some people on the show and... Tonight it, it happened. You know we have uh, John Safari. John, you are uh, the president and co-founder of uh, OCML and uh, also artist,
2: uh, artist uh, United and homelessness as well as uh, Orange County Music League. So okay, yeah, it's great to be on here. Uh, awesome, thank you, appreciate and it.
1: We have uh, uh, Sheena, mm-hmm. Sheena Innocente, and you're you're a social worker. Yes, right on. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show, and, and uh, obviously you know this this, is, this stuff's going to been going on for a while, and recently. With the judge going out there and, and walking the uh, the riverbed, and and then you know trying to get a solution to the to a problem, which is homelessness, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a solution. I, I would say this is a step in the direction of finding one solution, but um, the issue of homelessness needs multiple different kinds of solutions for um, the different people that are experiencing it. So, um, I definitely think that you know. Through what happened with the lawsuit, we're all kind of a little surprised that it it went so smoothly and so quickly. But um, there's still a lot more to be done because we're still only talking about the people on the riverbed, not Mm -hmm. all the people in Orange County that are currently in this situation. So, you know, the benefit is we found out that there's almost a billion dollars sitting around to use, which – comes out to almost a, like a half a million dollars per homeless person in Orange County. So, you know, if we can't solve that, it's it's not the homeless people that's the problem. It's the people who are using the money. Right. So, so what are you all about, John? Um, <clears throat> promoting music and, and just getting everybody together. Um, okay. you know, I started uh, booking concerts five years ago by just watching the the uh, camaraderie of musicians like go out the window, and it was mm-hmm. a bunch of people arguing and, and trying to be better than each other when all these musicians on this local level are on the you're on the same team like you guys are trying to go to the same place and so um that's kind of where we just started booking shows and and trying to make them free for the public so that um anybody can come watch these bands for free and it made it a lot easier for a local artist to bring somebody out when they didn't have to pay for a ticket every time and um, just to see the same show and all that kind of stuff, and, and you get you get random people to come in because they don't have to pay a cover for something that they don't know that they're going to like. And, yeah. Um, through that, we ended up getting an office in downtown Santa Ana because we did a lot of our shows in downtown Santa Ana, and um, that's pretty much when we noticed how bad the homeless problem was, and uh, we started doing. We did a uh, Thanksgiving feed like f- three, four years ago. And uh, we'd only thought it was, like, the 10, 12 people downtown, and we walked across to the Civic Center and saw hundreds of people. And we were, like, baffled yeah. that, like, they're sleeping outside the... Like, we, we, the feeding we had was in the Hall of Finance parking lot for the county. And it's like, uh, something's backwards here. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we find out this whole time they've been sitting on money, you know. So they knew how much money that they had, and then they let that problem just grow on their porch. And instead of doing something with it, they put fences up and kicked everybody out of the Civic Center. Um, And, you know, so we helped some people move. Uh, We started going to the riverbed and then kicked everybody out from that side. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, we're helping people move, and it was asinine. We moved them from one side of the riverbed to the other, Mm -hmm. and that's where they're at now um, a year later. But it's refreshing, but uh, I I wonder what's going to happen in 30 days when these people's vouchers run out too, you know. So, um
1: yeah, a lot of people don't know. Um, the, um, they, the you know, there's a lawsuit, right? With the, um, was it with the county? And, and the there's, there's two.
0: Okay. There's two um, agencies that filed lawsuits against the county. One is the Elder Law Rights, the Elder Rights, Elder and Disabled Rights Center, and the other one is the Legal Aid Society. Okay. And so those are the two lawsuits that resulted in these negotiations, I guess. So mm-hmm. the county's negotiating with these, um, the people that filed the lawsuits, and by agreeing to do these things, they're not going to charge them a bunch of money on the lawsuits, you mm-hmm. know? So they're compliant all of a sudden with the things that we've been asking them to do. For Three
2: years. Yeah. And, and, at every... Board of Supervisors meeting every other week. We've been there, you know, for the most part, hundreds of us, like, you know, not every single person makes every meeting, but between that and city councils, we've been telling these people to do the stuff that they're barely just doing now, and um, it it doesn't make sense to keep pushing something away without at least offering an alternative, which is all we've really been asking for, Mm -hmm. is... Give the people an actual option, and then they, you know, they opened the courtyard, which is great, but it was full in two days. And then they opened Kramer, and it it was full in two days. So, obviously, there's a lack in opportunity, because as soon as you open something, it's full. Yeah. Um, And that's all we ever were pushing for as the activists, because we know that there's going to be some people who are going to be resistant to it, and there's nothing we can do about that. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, some people want to live out there and do drugs, but not very many of them like mm-hmm. you know well, maybe 5% th- you know like they actually want to live in a tent mm-hmm. i think
0: there also we there's people that are just like vagabonds or want, you know those yeah. i see people who probably have families that they could go home to but they're they're just kind of wanting to explore and have an adventure you yeah. know i have a family member who travels with like a mud wrestling crew and he's not he doesn't technically have a stable home but he probably wouldn't call himself homeless he's young and free and just doing mm-hmm. what yeah. and, right and, to wants right and and
2: that's the thing like those people which is a very small percentage, have been the the scapegoat for the majority of people to not help the people who actually need it. And and it's just backwards because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are a few people out there that are just kind of winging it. But for the most part, there's people out there that have jobs or there's people out there that can't have jobs. And they're still not making their ends meet. And Mm so, you know, when someone physically can't have a job, like they shouldn't have to live in a tent, you know. Like what's the disability? Where where's all this money actually going? You know, there's Mm -hmm. plenty of it.
0: I think the people who are living or who are experiencing homelessness, they don't have any shelter from the elements. They lack privacy, and so they're under a spotlight and under the radar in a way none of us that are housed are. So we look at the addiction rates in the county and where the overdoses are happening, and they're primarily happening on the coastal cities. Those are where the highest overdose rates are. However, oftentimes we hear a lot of people against helping pe- people experiencing homelessness because they cl- argue that they're addicts and that they've made bad choices and therefore they deserve whatever comes from those choices. Um, I don't agree with that philosophy, but that is a value some people buy into.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Gina, I mean, so what's your background?
0: Um, I grew up here in Orange County, actually. I was born here in Orange County and then raised in L.A., and then moved back to Orange County around junior high age. And my father's disabled, and at the time that I moved here, I was living with him. So he, he was a single father on a fixed income. And we experienced a lot of the risk factors that any family in that situation would, including homelessness and housing instability, poor housing conditions, food insecurity, and sometimes resorting to engaging in things in the illegal economy in order to survive. And so all of those experiences kind of led up to me becoming a social worker and in addition I helped one of my friends, somebody I kind of babysat as a kid, and he ended up in a bad situation where his family forced him to Mexico against his will and then he came back and he, and I helped him get in touch with social services and make sure that he had a pathway to citizenship because he was basically abandoned and a minor and had come from an abusive situation so mm-hmm. I thought he needed help. and. That kind of opened my eyes to how taking the time to help somebody one day, like all I did was go with him to um, the courts. He had a case, and I was trying to help him get the case looked at again and help him clear that up before he turned 18. And it led to, like, way more because we ended up in the elevator with, like, a supervisor from social services who I did, like, the best elevator pitch of my life to. And it led us to a big conference room and the kid getting way more help than I could have imagined I was going to get him that day. Awesome. And it opened my eyes. I'm like, wow, one little thing... I didn't give up anything, but a few hours, and his life was completely altered, along with his siblings. So, mm-hmm. then, um, as I got into social work, one of my mentors in graduate school is a kind of a guru in housing interventions, and she founded some agencies on Skid Row, and that kind of ties into like the history and how the history of why we're where we're at now has a lot to do with our social welfare policies that started shifting in the '80s and early 90s, so late 80s, early 90s, basically back to Bush Sr. And in social work, we call it Reaganomics, um, is part of what we're dealing with now. Section 8 has experienced several cuts since those years, and that program was the primary way that single mothers were able to sustain rent after a lot of them are fleeing an abusive partner Mm -hmm. and have three children under the age of five to care for and working full-time, with no job training skills or anything, is is not going to work. They they would need childcare then, so it, it's actually less expensive for us as a society to subsidize a family like that's rent until the mother until the children are all of age five, and then we can help the mother get some job training and help her reach enough income to where she won't need the subsidies. Right. On average, most people don't stay on Section Eight for more than a few years. Um, that get it, people don't want to be on it because it comes with a lot of restrictions and stuff. Okay. But like like what? Well, you can't have other people living with you that are not approved. There's, There might be a social worker who shows up at your house um, at times that are inconvenient to you to check on things. Um, if you're caught using any illegal drugs, you would lose the subsidy. If you're convicted of a crime while you're getting the subsidy, it could be at risk. So you don't have the same freedom that somebody who's not reliant on a subsidy has and the same privacy and the same, um, I guess, airbag to make a mistake and be able to come back from it mm-hmm. um your airbag isn't there if you make one little mistake you're going to be held accountable by the county or whoever's overlooking this subsidy program mm-hmm.
1: is it because there's there's just such a big waiting list that you know people you're trying to get in there to uh, to get some some assistance some help
0: yeah the waiting list is 90,000 individuals and families in orange county right now and uh, was that
2: like almost nine years
0: yeah it's nine or ten years in some cities it depends on the city but I can speak from my own personal experience that my father was on the list, and because he was experiencing homelessness, when the letter finally came, he didn't get it because his oh, address man. wasn't consistent. And when he finally the letter caught up to him because he had done change of address to try or you know stayed in touch with people where he was living before, and he contacted the person, they said oh, it's too late; it expired, and we already passed it on to the next person. And he said, "Well, is there any way you can put me back in line, like in a closer way? Because I was up, and I've been waiting years." And they said, "No." And in fact, the list is closed now, so we can't even actually put you back on. Wow. So that's a, what a lot of <coughs> happens to a lot of. people. It's kind of like a lottery. And when they do, there was, you know, we've all seen those articles recently in the past year on the news where like there's people camping out overnight to line up for like the release of 200 Section 8 vouchers. There's been some news articles that happened in San Francisco. I think it happened in LA where there's an announcement that the county is going to release 300 Section 8 vouchers and that one agency is going to get them, and people literally line up outside the night before of that mm-hmm. agency hoping that they'll be one of the people to get them.
1: Wow. So, I mean, where are these people coming from? Are these all, like, these homeless people that are on the, the river, but are they California natives or are they coming from other states or, like, illegal? I mean, where are these people coming from? Um,
2: The majority of them are California residents. I'm not sure exactly the percentage, but I know it's, I think it was like 68 or more are, like have been in here for like more than 10 years um, before they became homeless. So, um, you know, a lot of people like to say that it's all all from other states. And I mean, some of it obviously is from other states because we have the best weather. Like, you know, would you rather sleep in the snow or here, right? So Mm -hmm. some of it's from there. But it's not all from these rehab facilities that people get. It's that's a bunch would, of crap. You know? I
0: suspect that there might even be some states with less resources that put people on buses and try to send them here if they find out they have a relative here, mm-hmm. thinking hopefully that will work out because we don't have anything to offer in our state. And it only works out for a week or two. It's not an evidence-based intervention to homelessness, so mm-hmm. it's not going to necessarily sustain long-term good results.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I... I was I I was brought up in Santa, Ana, you know, right where the, um, right off of Warner and Holiday. There's like, um, um, what is it like Armory or something like that yeah. there. And you know they, they, you know, people come in and line up and you know it's whatever beds they have available and that's it. You the know cold I mean? weather one. Yeah. It's
0: mm-hmm. only
2: open. Yeah, it's only winter. open during the winter. Oh right, yeah, right now it's open. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I've but, actually volunteered there overnight. Okay. I encourage everyone who lives in Orange County to do so, so you can see firsthand what we're offering people as a last resort because i can speak from my own personal that i wouldn't probably choose to sleep there if it was my last resort and i know there's a lot of women who make other choices before going there that are demoralizing but going there doesn't feel it, safe yeah mm-hmm.
2: i mean i don't know if everybody's kind of seen some of the pictures like the, the the bridges at kramer place like um you know like i i I went to jail when I was younger, and and I went to prison, and I had more private space in prison than these people have in this jail, mm-hmm. and it blows my mind. And then they have this—sorry, it's not a jail, but it looks like one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the shelter, like it, it—you have less space. Like you're you're two inches away from the next person sleeping next to you. Like it, you don't who wants to go there? Like the, only you people might, that, the only people that are going the there is that center. need, you know, they're, they're, you go there out of necessity because you're sick or because you can't stay outside. But if you're able-bodied, no, nobody's checking into those places because they're not somewhere that is going to help you get on your feet. You mm-hmm. know, like maybe if it's going to be pouring rain out, you know, you go there because it's your last resort. But right. other than that, like, you know.
0: I actually saw a child there with a single father the night I volunteered there. Um, last year or so, or mm-hmm. like two years ago, but that was pretty sad. Now we have the Family Aid Center. We didn't have that before. So again, because of advocates' efforts, more services have become available in Orange County, and mm-hmm. now there is an option for families to turn to in an overnight emergency situation. Yeah, and,
2: and I, and I want to kind of touch on that with the advocates, because it, it seems that a lot of, we like to call them the NIMBYs, you know, the not-in-my-backyard type mentality, like, they seem to think that we wanted them to live on the riverbed, which is by no means at all what any of us have ever wanted. We have just wanted them to actually have an option to not have to live there mm-hmm. because they're getting criminalized living everywhere else. And so it's the last place that they could go. You know, and,
0: and the police told them to go there. A lot of the yep. city really? the police... They just well, go, hey, thir- go Thirty-three to out
2: of thirty-four cities have anti-camping ordinances, so where if you have a tent pitched up, it's like a misdemeanor. And so now there are criminals that end up on informal probation. And it's just a never-ending cycle because they can't pay for the fine. They
1: can't. You can't you even. Put get, they can't even get to court. Right. Put yourself
0: you know? in the shoes of our officers. A lot of our police officers are not even complying with this ordinance. They think it's cruel themselves. So when they come across somebody who's breaking the ordinance, they don't want to give them the ticket and do the paperwork. So what they say is like, you know, you might want to go to the riverbed where there's other people camping who have been able to get away with it without being harassed. And it's like a nice way for an officer to engage with somebody the best they can do because they don't have, you know, they're not yeah. social workers. And,
2: and and that's where the, the misinformation of that one um, statistic where 90% of them didn't want help came from is cops went up to their tents and, and asked them if they want help. I'm saying no. Like, I, you know, and I'm not doing anything wrong. I have nothing to hide, and, and I'm still saying no. Like, what kind of help is a cop going to give me that's ever been beneficial for it in this climate right now of 2018? You know, they, they want to talk to somebody who comes at them softer, who isn't a threat, who can provide probably maybe even the same service that those police officers could, but you're closed off. You're, you're not going to accept that mm-hmm. when you've been criminalized before by them from like in the same kind of encounter walking up to your tent. hmm. You know, there's like a PTSD factor. that Yeah, they got that. they got fear.
1: Yeah, yeah, they got fear. So now, so now people have until what? So Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Tuesday is is a deadline for people to start packing their stuff up, right?
0: Yeah, but the judge said that he knows it's it, it's not possible to physically move people that fast. So you know, that's the. It's kind of like <laughs> you know, any event's going to tell you a certain time you have to be out by, but there's always stragglers who mm-hmm. are out a little bit later. So we're trying. I think that putting those. Boundaries on will give people some guidance, but it doesn't hold people to like if you don't if you're not out by nine a.m. There's going to be you know you're going to come
2: through and get thrown in the paddy wagon, or right, uh, right? That's not going to be quite like that. But The judge is going to be their own. Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to so. be. You know. were, were,
1: were you guys in the in the court when when they're when they kind of going back and forth type of deal? Were you guys in there and listening it, to what was Sheena, going on?
2: Sheena actually got to talk to the judge for like an hour and a half. Oh, okay, uh, and and I was I was there witnessing and it was he
0: was just you know he's a judge and it's not his expertise social work or social welfare so he was trying to understand the county budget more and what different funding sources could be used for and i was trying to you know interject what i think is most important which is about the section eight waitlist and he said this case isn't going to give him the power to do anything about that but Mm -hmm. he found it interesting and he you know wanted to know more about why that list was being ignored because there are Section 8 choice voucher funds that the county hasn't used that are just sitting there also. So I'm not saying we have enough to fund the whole 90,000 vouchers, but we definitely have enough to fund more than we are. And mm-hmm. that makes no sense that we have a 90,000 wait list and we're just... Is, is well, it, is we've it been doing
2: that with all the funds. Yeah. So, I mean, none of it makes any sense.
1: So regarding Section 8, is it, is it, is it, is it a lack of housing? There isn't, there isn't enough, like, you know, buildings or, you know, 65%
0: um, of the jobs in Orange County just don't pay a living wage. And when you look at the largest employer, Disney, it's even, it's even more disproportionate. It's more like 80% or higher. So we know you have to make 26 an hour. If you were only working full time to be able to afford housing in Orange County minimum,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. just, most people don't make that.
1: Right. it's tough. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to live with family members to, to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Well, and that, I mean, It's more of not just sometimes, it's like that's becoming the normal, you know. It used to be sometimes like when somebody was having a hard time, but, you know, just the way that wages have gone up and the other kind of like rents, you know, obviously we're in a very desirable place to live. So um, it gives landlords um, a little bit more free reign of being careless with raising rents just because people will pay it, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, if, if you don't pay
1: it, I, yeah, I, no, I, I know another woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's that's a way the newest. free
0: market, so if we're and not setting aside portions of land to protect for our own community and for our workforce, <clears throat> then all of our land can easily be sold at higher prices to outsiders, Yeah, tourists. Which is what we see a
2: lot of mm-hmm. going on right now, and, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, the... I don't know where I was going with that, but you know we see a lot of that right now, and that's why people who have lived here for so long, you know, living in that one apartment. I know one musician who um, ended up just moving out of his place and going on a Europe tour for six months because he had been living in the same spot in Huntington Beach for seventeen years. You know, normal, like no rent increases. They increased his rent by a hundred percent, along with everybody. So they doubled the rent for that Jeez. place, knowing that oh, we're going to fully renovate it and we're going to get that. Right. and there's no law and, against it. and there's no law against that and they don't give a crap what happens to those people you know and that could be somebody who's been there been comfortable and only has enough to get that and there's one paycheck in a ma- in a, in a mess you know in a mm-hmm. away from being in this situation you right. know having to go to the riverbed and then start over you know and then moving into a spot you know you've got to pass credit right mm-hmm. you've gotta, I you got gotta, terrible I, <laughs> I got double so do credit so do I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You have first and last payment, like you know, like. Hey, who, how can you do that when you're living in a situation where you're not comfortable to live and you've got to like survive? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost impossible without so, some kind of help.
0: Just a little bit more about the facts. You know, there's a report that HUD releases, um, I think every two years, and they analyze the. All the cities in Orange County And the particular report I'm going to talk about Is an analysis on what's called the urban county Which are the 11 smaller cities That are made up of 50,000 or smaller populations There's a couple cities included in that That are larger than 50,000 But they're just barely over Mm -hmm. Um, I think it might be like Mission Viejo But these cities are reliant on the county For federal funds They can't apply for federal funds on their own They're part of the continuum of care or Whatever the county is the one that distributes The federal funds to them other cities, bigger cities like Santa Ana, Anaheim, Garden Grove, Tustin, they have their own housing authority and they can apply for their own um, federal funds and distribute themselves. Now, on those smaller cities, the HUD the HUD analysis demonstrated that less than 10% of people who make less than the average median income in Orange County, which is 78,000, have access to housing that's actually affordable and safe to them. Mm. So, it's not, this, this problem is huge, and when children are living in doubled up or tripled up situations a lot of them don't have the opportunity to crawl which is a very important part of child development I've heard a lot of stories of mothers in Orange County who have said I'm afraid to set my children down because of the conditions of their housing or because they're living with so many other people that mm-hmm. it's just not sanitary so when a child skips that part of their development it has a long-term trajectory effect on them not to mention all the trauma and risk factors in that housing environment for children mm-hmm. um, so that's why it's really important that we stay active on talking about the Section 8 because these are children and we can intervene and they can have way better lives and they don't have a voice because they don't vote. Mm-hmm. So how can they have any voice in our political system if we don't if we're not guardians and protectors of children mm-hmm. and speak up for them.
1: Right. So so there, there's vouchers, right, for uh, kind of going back to the to r- 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 yeah, the you know the deal. So that there's for there's for you know there're So they they did, uh, like, a a tally or, like, what is it, like a census or a consensus or something like that?
0: No, not necessarily. (coughs) This agreement was was reached before there was any updated census. Mm -hmm. They're going off of estimates based on census that were collected a while back. But I think that the population has fluctuated because of all the different things that have been happening. I mean, at one point it was gone way up because of the other evictions from the other encampments mm-hmm. then after they announced they were going to evict people on january 22nd i would say some people departed we know for a fact that some people did because some people are involved in the lawsuit who got arrested in other cities and cited for camping in other cities after they were evicted you know told they couldn't be on the riverbed anymore mm-hmm.
1: so so now there there's what the couple set like uh, i think um santa Ana like right behind the registry or something like that. They're gonna they're gonna put like tents there or something like that temporary.
2: Yeah, I haven't fully There's looked some, into their um, after thirty day plan yet, but
0: that's gonna be I guess for the <coughs> overflow. They're talking about tough sheds or tents. But yeah, the tough sheds. That solution would definitely have to be temporary because when we do our homeless um, person and time count, the what is that? I'm sorry. Every. Do we do it every year, every two years? L.A. does it's it every year. Every two. We do it every two. Hopefully we'll get to doing it every year. But it's where we count all the homeless people on our streets, and it has to do with how much funding we'll get and how HUD considers our need, you know. And people living in those situations, as defined by HUD, would still be counted. Okay. So we wouldn't be solving homelessness by putting people in...
1: Or no, but
2: I think we'd yeah. be solving the criminalization of them temporarily. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and that's like what some people have been pushing for the Al Fresco Gardens yeah. idea. And I think that it's the least we could do to stop wasting money on policing and, and making these people's situations even harder to get out of because now they have to deal with court and, and crap. So... I think that's a, another good step in yeah, the right direction I agree. than having them live at the riverbed where we can make sure that there's sanitation and all these other things that they wouldn't let us put there. Um,
0: <laughs> and Another problem in Orange County is there's not enough service providers. You know, We need more people to organize and <coughs> found more nonprofits that focus on providing services because otherwise the few nonprofits that exist are going to get all the contracts and they're going to be the only service providers in the county. And it's overwhelming and no n- no there's one a right lot a service to do. provider can mm-hmm. take on all. And it actually works better when there's a system where the different service providers focus on their niche populations and they collaborate and work together and, and refer back and forth. Um, and that system doesn't exist here yet because we're just not there yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So so this whole thing is it, is it try to weed out the people that – they really want the help. They need the help, and then versus people that that don't care or, or they're they, they're they're content with the with living in a tent. And well, no, you know, the
0: people that are going to probably end up not getting help are people who have law enforcement issues that they're they haven't worked out. So if you're like running from parole, um, you're probably not going to be a good candidate to take a voucher from the county. Um, I'm and,
2: sure. and get into their system and everything because yeah. then so what happens then, to
1: those guys that they're gonna, they're gonna they go to relocate
2: the somewhere else yeah we're going to jail because you know, yeah. yeah, they're, They've they're running arrested. from it they probably already arrested most of those people
0: arrest, yeah they arrested 34 people in the week after they announced the eviction and only got it was more it was a higher number of people that they arrested and took to jail than people that got in, they took to shelters. So they've definitely gone through and done uh, their due diligence on making sure anybody who has any warrants or any minor infractions or probation violations has been picked up because they were trying to clear it out anyway yeah. they
1: could. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure there's predators among among like the the, you the know, encampments. You know, what I mean, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's there's guys that are preying on people that you know that can't defend themselves or you know you know seen families. Some, and I've stuff seen like that. some
2: pretty disturbing things down there, um, hanging out down there at night. You know, trying to have, talk to people and help people. It's not. Uh, You know, it's only a few of them, but you hear about it immediately, right? Everybody down there knows about it. And that's kind of something that a lot of people I don't think understand looking at it. It, It's a community just like our neighborhood. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's people on both sides that are watching the entrances and stuff. And people know about stuff the second it happens. So um, generally, everybody down there is on the same team. You know, it's not.
0: The difference is they don't have trust for law enforcement because they've been. Burned yep. in the past, so you know in my community, if I heard a domestic violence situation happening, I would probably call the police to get my neighbor help. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably not going to happen in this community because it's
2: for sure it, not going to happen yeah, in that so, community so, because then they're going to have issues with the other people because they called the cops. So there people retaliation, be, you mean? Like it's going to be like, oh, you're a rat, you brought the cops down here type of situation. Or the
0: cops won't even get there fast enough to do anything. They, de- they well, they, that, they definitely so, won't get there yeah, fast so enough the either. That's just another. They're hopeless and. They try to take these matters on themselves, and that can lead to a lot of problems too.
1: Yeah. Wasn't there that like one, like, uh, where a guy like burnt like somebody's tent, like, you know, like that was jail? like a
2: non non homeless guy that like yeah, that threw was, that burnt a homeless person's tent, like Sorry. a like a, a couple, what's,
1: right? What's
0: yeah. crazy about that story is that apparently I I heard he was frustrated that people were camping in a park where kids walked through to go to school that in in his neighborhood. And he was thought it was unsafe for kids to have to walk by a tent with homeless people in it. And he had particularly had a problem with this man because he had seen him talking to himself before, and that made him feel afraid. Mm-hmm. So he thought that to bring safety to the neighborhood, he'd light up a fire in the middle of the park and, you know, put kids at, in witnessing this traumatic event of somebody attempted murder. Mm-hmm. I just it, it baffles my mind that in his mind at that time, he thought he was bringing safety. Right. So, I mean, maybe oh. other things that need to be, you know, uh, I th- hope that he That doesn't compute.
2: Or, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> it, it just tap him on the shoulder and ask him to leave. It like, kind of, of demonstrates <laughs> how
0: important it is sometimes to just, like, run your idea by somebody before you do it. <laughs> I mean, in my field in social work, we're all about consultation. So if you're in a tough, tricky <laughs> situation with the client, you call up another social worker and ask, what would you do in this situation? Maybe you call three. I always call
2: somebody on my team before I do stuff because yeah, I've done the uh, the bad thing before. Oh, that was a <laughs> dumb idea. Well, why didn't you? Because I, I thought it was a good idea. Right, know. right.
0: I don't think he ran. The, 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 the man that started the fire ran that idea by anyone. I, I don't right. think
2: so. He just I, I think out he, he, out he out thought it probably. and did it immediately. Low impulse you know? control. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so – I mean, what's your guys' idea for for a solution to this? And, you know, so people just don't get temporary help because I mean, they only get what a voucher for like, 30 days, right? I mean, 30, for, for 30 30 days. A yeah. couple recommendations, yeah. Like yeah, I mean, there's there's a
2: couple of different things. Um, for me, mine's radical because I don't think that anybody needs to be homeless in the richest country in the history of the world. And um, you know, we've bailed out the banks how many times? Um, with our taxpayer money, and mm-hmm. the banks own a bunch of houses that are empty, and there's more empty houses than there are homeless people. And so, if you just put the home people without homes and the homes without people, then you can figure everything else out and spend your money on the services to rehabilitate them, and then eventually get them to pay rent on those houses. You know, mm-hmm. like, and then everybody wins because now those houses are making money. There's no homeless people. I well, mean, there's just seems pretty cut and dry to me, but everybody doesn't want to do that, right? Where's my free house? Well, you know, complain to the bank. I don't know. You're still paying them. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but in the meantime, because that's going to take a long time. That's going to be like abolishing slavery. You know, it's going to be a 30-year, like, say the same thing, say the same thing. Maybe one day it'll happen. But in the meantime, we need permanent supportive housing for, you know, more Section 8, more opportunities for, you know, and really, bottom line that we need to be able to have people make more money. Like, if you can't make more money, like, you can't afford these places to live, and there's no way to help you get, you know, the rent, rent subsidy, which, you know, I'd prefer everybody just make more money than have to have subsidies. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like there's not money out there to be made. Mm-hmm. Just these companies don't pay, you know, wages that are living wages. And, uh, but for single
0: mothers fleeing abusive partners, they might always there might always be a small portion of that population that needs the subsidies. For well, of course,
2: and years. and but again, then if it's not overloaded by you yeah. know the people, then those then, then that goes waiting. immediately. Then they don't have to wait eight they're, they're years, competing right?
0: Competing with everybody else because nobody's making enough.
2: Yeah, and and that's the problem. If sixty five percent of the jobs can't afford a, a place to live, that that's where the problem is. You mm-hmm. know, um, there is a lot of other symptoms and, and things that make that problem worse or better, but that's the root of the problem. Is that You're just not making enough money. Nobody's making enough money. What's that? 3 Two-thirds of the people aren't making enough money off of a full-time job. and well, that,
1: That's why so many people can't afford deliverance County so, they, they move, they go to Riverside or Corona or Chino. That seems like an
0: injustice, though. So you're now sent, like forcing people to live 50-plus miles from where they work, and how is that going to work for a single parent who has nobody else... To rely on to caretake for their ca- children, if their children has a medical emergency and they're
1: no, that's miles a tough away situation for for a single yeah. for a single mom yeah you know, and, and and child I mean, care it, and stuff like that it's
2: it's a tough situation to tell somebody that uh, oh yeah I mean you were born here you grew up here but too bad we sold it to the highest bidder like that we still that, want your neighbor yeah, I mean it I get it it's the free market it's capitalism but uh, you know there's got to be some sort of of way that you can combat that when it comes to wages again, because if there's that much money coming in here, why are two thirds of the people not able to afford to live here that work here? Mm-hmm. That just, that doesn't make sense. Well, you know, want, that's not sustainable. To well, have. I
0: want real trickle down economics and what, Looks like real trickle down economics to me is caps on CEOs' pays in relation to the lowest paid workers. So right now, Disney CEO makes about fifteen hundred times what the lowest paid worker makes. And, 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 I think and that's they just insane. they just like
1: hiked up the the I know. The, the, the rate, and they right? They
0: cut the CEO's pay significantly this last year, but they probably made it up in stock shares. You know, it's mm-hmm. never what we think. So
2: yeah, but I mean, and that that just but, seems I mean, so common yeah. sense because Could then you can still pay your CEO an astronomical amount of money, and you just pay everybody else a little bit more too. If there was a cap, <laughs> right.
0: like let's even, even if we just capped it at a thousand right now, there would be a relationship between his pay and the lowest per- workers' pay. So anytime his pay increased, the lowest workers' pay would increase. So I know that's not going to work for small businesses, but I think we can put regulations on larger corporations that can afford to stay in business even with those. Yeah, regulations. I mean,
2: you got Walmart and Amazon. You know that control everybody's shopping and and all of their people are on food stamps you know? i mean
1: I, I don't know about control i mean that's that's your choice to to to, to shop on amazon like i'm, oh, well, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter yeah, but of, oh, of workers, shops. but their okay, yeah.
2: but but workers are, are still on food stamps and things you know what i mean and mm-hmm. they're where the richest guy in the history of the planet is the guy who runs amazon right so it's not for a lack of profit or or anything like that it's
0: On a macro level, another thing I support is um, citizens, you know, amending our Constitution to get rid of the Citizens United ruling that has made corporations have the ability to donate unlimited. That's part of what has, has made it so hard for us to get solutions to homelessness, too. The politicians are more responsive to the NIMBYs, which include corporations such as the Honda Center, who actually we did a Freedom of Information Act and Um, The attorney, Muhammad Ali, requested all that information, and we found out that the Honda Center was actually in communication directly with our board of supervisors in trying to prevent porta-potties from being placed for people that were on the riverbed. Mm. Um, So basically helping deny sanitation to humans. And now we have politicians who are persuaded to engage in denying sanitation because it will help them get more donations from that lobbyist the next time. Mm -hmm. And if they choose not to engage in what the lobbyist wants them to, they just maybe ruined their chances of re-election. So I understand the system's very broken. And, you know, now that the politicians are forced to do this because there's a judge, they can say to the NIMBYs, look, we have to do this because otherwise we're going to be stuck paying a lot more money. And that's the only justification that will work. Otherwise, they probably are afraid they won't get voted back in if they do oh, and, that's, and that's and that's
2: why it took this long to make this happen mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's why they've just what what judge carter said it's chipmunking you know just hiding the money for later keep it in your cheek well, like yeah you know. the
0: state passed sb2 because this is a problem all over even after la passed triple h you know the the added increase in tax in order to address homelessness so voters got came out and you have Voters to pass passed two-thirds, by two-thirds. Yeah, to vote for that. And they overwhelmingly supported this legislation, but yet then blocked housing developments from being built in their communities that were for low-income people. Even in Boyle Heights, there was a big fight over one. Everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So NIMBYism is all over. For some reason, people fear that having low-income housing near them will depreciate their property values. That's what homeowners fear. What's interesting is homeowners... Have only been able to achieve homeownership in America because we subsidize. We do a lot of subsidies for homeowners, about four hundred times how much we put in rental subsidies. So a lot of times the NIMBYs say they don't believe in giving people help, but they don't admit that they actually got help to become a homeowner themselves. In the I, know, I know
1: Santa Ana does it. You know, yeah. if if you want to be a uh, you know first time home, home homeowner, you know they you know Santa Ana has like funds to help you with that.
0: There's so many subsidies to promote and incentivize homeownership in America. But yet we leave our renters hanging, and now we, we know that prime wow. majority of people are renters in L.A., and mm-hmm. it's turning that way in a lot of cities in Orange County, too.
1: So, I mean, where can we build homes for, for these people in, in Orange County? Is is it going to be possible or no? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have the great parks. You know, like, people, you know, we so, can't do something there. So it I mean?
2: depends on, like… What you mean by homes, you know, like if you mean like we're going to give them a home and an address, you know, then I would say maybe something like in that Irvine area where they have all that land. But I I, I I don't see it going that direction. I like the idea of the
0: county buying old motels and converting them into studio apartments. That's a really easy conversion that can happen really fast. A lot quicker. We have a lot of old motels in Orange County that are pretty dilapidated and not really bringing a lot of benefits to the community. It would actually be more beneficial if those motels were refurbished to provide low income housing to people who might need permanent supportive housing. Yeah. Now, at the same time, we've got to keep pushing for the Section Eight because, you know, we're actually, in in the long run, some of the funds that are getting used for permanent supportive housing could actually also get used for Section Eight. There's enough funds there. We know that now that the okay. judge has. Revealed um, how many this all.
1: how many homes in Section Eight are in Orange County? Do you guys have like a figure or number of that? Or how I mean, how, does how many work? are
0: funded already? Yeah, I don't have that off the top of my head, but I, I want to say it's less than the ninety thousand waitlists that are existing and funded. So the ones that are funded are, are are there and they're they're good. They're gonna they're permanent. So what happens is once somebody no longer needs them, it gets passed to the next person. Mm-hmm. The subsidies, like until the program is you know changes, that once you get the voucher it's funded for life Mm -hmm. it just passes on to eat next person but but
1: they're not they're not building more more homes for like people than than like on section eight they're not
0: releasing more new section eight vouchers for the 90,000 wait list so now there's 90,000 people families and individuals waiting competing when one voucher opens up Mm -hmm. and the way that we're prioritizing it is so that it's not necessarily you're next on the list you're going to be the next one to get one you could still be two years away from getting one if you're next on the list. Well, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But you could still be a long way from getting one if you're next on the list because other populations will be prioritized before you. So, for example, a family facing a CPS case who is determined to need a Section 8 voucher in order to help bring them up to a point where they will no longer need CPS services, that family is going to get it before a family that's just on the wait list. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it makes sense. They're Mm -hmm. in a situation where now their child... Welfare has gone down the drain because of their housing conditions, and Mm -hmm. we do need to immediately get them what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times those families can't even get Section 8, though, um, and they end up getting rapid rehousing even with the CPS case because that's the best we can do. And even the agencies that are dealing with the rapid rehousing funds, which is a short-term subsidy. Sorry, I'll define that. It's a short-term subsidy, and it's a homeless intervention. They're struggling to get families moved out of their emergency shelters and into apartments even with that short-term subsidy, because in order to use the short-term subsidy, you have to demonstrate that your client can sustain that apartment on their own after the subsidy wears off, and there's just no housing in Orange County that does that. So in addition to funding these rental vouchers, what other communities do, other strategies that other counties do is incentivize it so that developers will build the low-income housing. And we have organizations doing that in Orange County. Jamboree Housing has done it. There's another one called Community.
1: There's some There's some in Irvine.
0: Yeah. They're but it's,
1: it's, it's, there's like, you know, like you said, there's, there's a waiting list.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a waiting list for that as well, right?
0: Part of it is that the counties don't want to take on the liability of housing anymore, so they're co- subcontracting everything out to nonprofits. So the nonprofits oftentimes have to build the housing and take on the risk of the cost initially for like the whole first year of the project, and then they have to go back and recoup the funds from federal sources and other sources after they demonstrate that the project brought benefit to the community. Okay. So people are just like,
2: and that is so backwards. It's
0: crazy. Yeah, the county's saying <laughs> we don't believe that this is going to benefit. Yeah, you have a long-standing record and a billion, multi-billion-dollar portfolio, but how do we know that you're going to do good work in our community? Prove it. And it's just a, it's a it's weird a, it's, new it's, model it's that's bull crap
2: red tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But it's amazing that there's agencies like Jamboree Housing that, despite these barriers, have said are performing well, mm-hmm. even despite all of the barriers being put in place. So we have to you know, credit where credit's due. Yeah,
1: so are, are they building, like, low-income... low, low income, um, Yeah,
0: they've actually worked with churches and overcome NIMBYism in Orange County by just overcoming all the red tape by getting churches that had extra land and getting, you know, the, the land repurposed so that it could be for residential, which sometimes is faster and easier to do one-on-one yeah. with cities than to go through the whole county and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. I, like I do think anything's faster than dealing with the county of Orange. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: when you get faith leaders involved, sometimes that can have more clout, so... You know, if you have a, a a church leader going to the county and saying, you know, this, we're going to oversee this. We're going to make sure that these clients aren't going to bring anything bad to the community. If anything's happening in there, we'll take care of it. So then you have a cushion, and if there was, like, a situation that needed intervention, maybe law enforcement wouldn't even have to be brought in because the pastor goes over and talks to the family, and it's taken care of.
1: Yeah, and it, when, when I went uh, last year to do, like, you know, Give food and clothing to the, to the homeless. I mean, it was through like, like a church group that was out there, and you know, like we organized and went out there, and you know, and helped nice. the people out. But you know, it's we need to. I don't know. I don't know what the, the you know the solution is. I mean, you know, we they need something where they can sustain themselves, you know, temporarily, so they can get on their feet and get some traction. You know what I mean? And instead of just like here you guys go, and but they're still in the same situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean?
2: I, I think this really ties into like like why I started the doing the promoting shows, it's, like, they just are looking for somewhere where they can feel connected, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what everybody's looking for. Like, we're creatures of, like, connection. You work better in a pack than by yourself. So when somebody feels like they're included in something, they're going to really live up to their potential, like, exponentially more. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best thing that anybody could do just to, like, help somebody experiencing homelessness sit down and have a conversation with them and make them feel like you look, like, look at them as another human being that, you know, their, their situation isn't defining them and you'll make their week better. Like <clears throat> they'll, they'll remember that, you know, and that will give them more confidence to be able to, you know, get to that next point. So it, that's what anybody can do. Mm-hmm. Just what, when you know, like, what can I do? You know, to, on a dollar, maybe something yeah. like that, but people need to feel like people and feel like they have a connection with other people. So. If you can spare five minutes and sit down and actually have like a, a little heart-to-heart with, with these people, that's going to do more than anything that you can give them that's going to be gone the next day. Yeah, because a
1: lot of people think of them as, as lesser people. Absolutely. You
2: know I mean? and, and and that's that's like the worst feeling that you can have. And so when, when you can get rid of that feeling in them, then you can get them more motivated to do everything else as well. So the best thing that... You know, for activists and, and what we do and, and advocates is to build relationships with people so yeah. we can find out exactly what they actually need because everybody out there needs something different. And you're not going to know exactly what they need till you know who they are and, mm-hmm. and what got them to where they are. No, so just
0: become an ally. Um, you know, have, have good personal boundaries and make sure you take care of yourself because in order to take care of others, you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's important. You want to go out there in a good mindset You want to make sure you have everything you need to take care of your needs. So if you do go out, you know, that's my suggestion. And like he said, spend time with them. Um, Mm -hmm. I always like to say activate empathy um, because it's important. And solitude is like one of the worst things that we can sentence a human being to. Mm -hmm. And my first experience with knowing how homeless people were perceived was when I served homeless veterans here in Orange County. And I had the privilege of being able to go on walks with them and sometimes go to Starbucks or something with them because the agency really trusted me one-on-one with my clients and when i would go with one of my clients who might have appeared homeless to the community to a public place i was treated different too just for being around that Mm -hmm. person they would make a bunch of assumptions about me and why i was with them and i would purposely not ever wear a badge or anything to give them the clue that i was a social worker because i didn't want my clients to feel like i was embarrassed to be seen out with them Mm -hmm. and that's just, you know, another thing we can do, too, is just be equal when we yep. do interact with right.
1: them. What about people that, that have, like, mental health issues that are homeless and they, they've, they've been displaced? So, I mean, is, like in, the, in this 30 days, is there going to be, like, a, a way to, like, assess them and, and to figure out, like, what kind of medication they need? And no, what the, about the people the, that, that the, don't want them to take medication?
0: You're right. There's an issue with mental health in our state, and it's huge, and it has to do with regonomics again. You know, when that whole transformation happened to our mental health care systems there wasn't anything else put in place to pick up where the system was dismantled so people were upset that the system was too oppressive they said we were locking too many people up against their will Mm -hmm. we changed that and made it so you can't it's harder to lock people up against their will which is probably a good thing at the same time we dismantled community mental health centers that people used to live at who suffered from severe mental health disorders And, and now
1: now they're out on the streets Yep. yeah
0: they need it's kind of like a halfway home they're like group homes where they can all reside together and form their own community and there's somebody who kind of oversees it like a case manager and they' they always make sure there's enough food and you know it's just they're basic things it doesn't they, we don't have to institutionalize them in lockdown facilities there might be a, a very small percentage of people suffering from mental illness who mm-hmm. need that and they'll probably get picked up by the criminal justice system mm-hmm. we don't you know we don't need to do that social workers do one thing and criminal justice does another but Social work actually was founded about going in and improving people's housing conditions. That was the founding of social work. And mm. I think in some ways social work's gotten away from that. A lot of social workers, I mean, have never seen any of their clients' homes or um, don't know how to help get their clients' help with better housing and stuff like that. Is it
1: because they're, still over, they're overwhelmed with, with so much work and, you mm-hmm. know, like so many people that are coming in on a day-to-day basis where they but, just...
0: Yeah, but what's crazy is that... Stable housing is the platform for uh, having more effective services on everything. So if you want to do an after-school education program, what would you rather work with, kids who have stable housing or kids who are going home to really bad situations? Oh, of
1: course, yeah, kids that are stable. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
0: So when you're an agency working in the trenches of poverty and you know that all of the kids that you're serving are in these situations, it, it would be wise to collaborate with other agencies that do housing and try to make your – Referral process more efficient. Mm-hmm. Some agencies just don't have the capacity to do that. So I would, yeah, you know, it's a cl- it's an innovative thing to do to try to write for a grant for extra money to do that particular strategy to engage in more collaboration.
1: Right. So is this is this Judge uh, Judge Carter right? Mm-hmm. Is he gonna? Um help with that situation like you know maybe like divvy up some money like hey you know maybe you know we need we need more funding to, I, to help these kinds of I situations i have a
2: feeling if it if he is displeased one bit then he will but right now his his thing was he's operating in good faith with the county mm-hmm. um and so as long as they do what they say they're going to do i don't think he's going to get any further involved um, besides just overseeing that it goes the way that it's supposed to go but um the county is under a microscope now because they have been You know, hoarding this money for so long and there's actually nimby's are upset now.
0: There are some nimby's who have been trash talking the homeless this whole time, and now all of a sudden they're trash talking our politicians because they realize which,
2: which you know, we've been trying to say that they have this. You know, we didn't know it was this much money. We thought it was one two hundred million somewhere in there, but um, it's unbelievable that it's just shy of a billion dollars. Some some people
0: have been saying the seven eight hundred number, but you know, to have the judge actually verify it, it makes it so... Nobody believed it. Nobody really Yeah,
2: no one it. would believe us. They're like, yeah, right, prove yeah. it. And it's like, well, I, I'm not the judge. I can't do that. So now that that's done, um, I have seen a lot of, of, of the NIMBYs on the Internet thread. Like, wait, what? We've had this money to deal with it, and we keep just pushing it away and, like, ignoring that it's actually an issue. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I think this is a, a, a very, very big first step but it's still again just the first step there's there's still a lot more to be done and um you know it's it's not gonna happen overnight so Mm -hmm. it will be very interesting to see what happens in 30 days after these vouchers you know so it'll be between like 30 and 45 days some vouchers will run out and then the others right so um it'll be interesting to see where they go from there and and how quick they can get these other places open that they're talking about
1: what 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 are they talking about (coughs) opening up uh, another hundred beds at the
2: women's mm-hmm. shelter
0: they're expanding um bridges I expanding think, by ca- kramer orders. by 30
2: something like yeah. immediately um and wise place wise place that yeah, yeah. There's,
1: that. So there's a so there's a there's a couple hundred i think beds it, at, at shelters existing shelters
0: that people actually go to yeah
1: why, why, why don't why don't we use the uh the hangars over here in tustin i mean mm-hmm. that's huge <laughs> what is i mean who owns i it? don't know is it the county?
0: I don't even know if there's restrooms in there that would be sufficient. to. Well, but I'm yeah. sure yeah. They'd, they'd have you know, to refurbish it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, well, something, at least temporarily you know instead that of there's, being on the street. There is a service provider around there called the OC Rescue Mission. Yeah, However, right. that service provider isn't interested in engaging with federal funds that would assist homeless people because they want to be able to um, select clients that they want to be able to weed out clients that they don't want to serve. So it's a religious faith-based program, Mm. and they do want you to attend their church services on site. Some of the restrictions I've heard in the past from some clients include you turning your cell phone. It feels kind of like a prison to some clients. But for somebody who feels that a spiritual transformation is what's best for them right now, then that's where they go. That place is what it does, and they're not, it's a very niche thing. Um, I've met, I've yet to meet, Somebody in my services in my few years of providing direct services to homeless people to people experiencing homelessness who said that they thought their primary reason they were homeless was a spiritual reason in fact, most of the people I met who are dealing with not having housing are really resilient and really tapped into their spirituality
1: mm-hmm. but you know like um kind of when I went last year like with the outreach i mean there's a lot of churches that get involved in. And, and helping out the homeless, you know what I mean, and and so they're you know they're they're trying to outreach to these people to mm-hmm. help them out, you know what I mean. It's not just you know
0: everybody wants to serve because it feels good, and community service is a is a great part of you know development and encouraging young people to engage in community service is something I, I believe in. Mm-hmm. But if we're not doing the the public policy advocacy efforts, then it's all just to feel good. Yeah, really. mm-hmm.
2: I I stopped doing that yeah. stuff. Um, because it didn't feel good anymore. And, you know, it, it did feel good because I was bringing new people out every time. We would do it, like, every, like once a month. We'd have a show. And then after the show, like, during the show, we were using the kitchen and we were cooking. And then after that, we'd go over to the Civic Center. And it felt good in the sense that <clears throat> I was bringing out other people every month that had not actually experienced the feeling of being there and mm-hmm. seeing, you know people of every walk of life and, you know, not a bunch of people on drugs and all these, you know, all these fallacies that they've been told are just like, oh, crap, no, that's not, wow, oh, whoa, wow, now they care. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool, but I wasn't helping anybody. You know, they they all have food. Everybody goes and feeds them. So it, it felt redundant to me to keep going out there and feeding somebody when that's not getting them off the street, you right. know. And, right. and when you go out there, a lot of them will be like, well, we don't really need food. And that was like... You know what? That, that first time one, I heard that, it, it jarred me. I was like, okay, well, how, what, what do they really need? Right. Actually, mm-hmm. you know. John, and
0: one of the most um, like experiences that I'll never forget, memorable experiences, was at Santa Monica College. Um, I'm eating in the cafeteria, and I see a person, a, a gentleman who to me appears to be experiencing homelessness, and I want to give him uh, my leftover food, and he t- informs me that he's vegan and he's not interested, and I was just like floored. I'm like, wow like he, he's made a moral choice despite not having access to housing that he's stuck to that I can't even commit to <laughs> <laughs> like
1: that that's crazy
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so how can people be get more involved you oh. guys have like a, any any websites or anything like that we can we can uh, uh, you know Shout yeah, out. we have
0: the Housing is a Human Right. That's a, a group that meets weekly, and we kind of strategize and discuss how we're going to best ad- activate and advocate. Mm-hmm. And we do get involved with direct services, too, because there is some important role. In, there is an important role in that. And that is a way that you can help NIMBYs and people who are afraid of um, this to get engaged and have more activate empathy. So I mm-hmm. think that's important.
2: Yeah, and um, yeah, like you say, if you're an artist, a musician, or anything like that, um, you can you can connect with us at uh, Artists United and End Homelessness um, on Facebook. And then it's Artists United, the number two EH on Instagram. Um, and uh, anybody else that has art or creation or anything that has to do with the homeless, we want to be able to give you a bigger platform and use that platform to give uh, homeless artists, or you know, uh, artists that are experiencing homelessness, the same platform um, with our stages, studios, and, and all of those types of things, while sparking in the national conversation about what we're going to do about this epidemic. Because you know, we we deal with the most of it here mm-hmm. in so- Southern California, between LA and here, but it's everywhere across the country. Right. And, and anybody who thinks that it moving it to the next city is going to magically make it go away, you, you just hasn't seen the, the next way. city. I think you another know. important
0: ingredient <clears throat> is encouraging um, responsible language. So, like, um, something that we try to hold ourselves accountable to doing is, is using person-first language, like people experiencing homelessness, people lacking access to housing. Um, you might hear other terms or people just refer to them as homeless, and that kind of dehumanizes people. So that's another small yeah. way that you can interject.
2: hmm yeah, I, I mean it, it still slips sometimes but I was trying to correct myself on Me that cuz yeah. it's you know it it the way you the way you describe things um also kind of affects the way that they're looked at by the people that are receiving your description and so um you know really again just talk to people and and Support, support people, low-income yeah. housing
0: developments in your community. Support mental health services in your community. If
2: every city had one, we wouldn't have this issue. And gonna, The yeah. problem is, is that a lot of these cities are against it, and um, it you know the in, city they city they councils, councils are mental
0: health clinics. They put up posters ahead of time, warning people that this was coming. As and and if was it's a not. Bad thing. It's not
2: bad. Like it's it's going to be somewhere, and, the, and the, it's, it's you got to be logical about it. These people aren't just going to go anywhere, like. Period. They need somewhere to go. And so if you don't give them somewhere to go, they're going to be where you don't want them, apparently, which is everywhere. So uh, we have to figure out a place to designate, whether it's through the housing or, you know, like... Because they're going to be there,
0: and then we end up with long-term health outcomes that could have been prevented. Like one of the veterans oh, yep. I served, who had multiple arteries that got blocked in his leg after he slept in his car for three years, and now he's permanently disabled. And that could have all been avoided if he had never had to sleep in his car for three years.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then there was like uh, a big thing in town San Diego, right? Where there was like. Yeah, that's and and, and that was, and, and that's yeah. just from
2: it being unsanitary. Denying it was from like feces, you know. And and that that's something that's crazy to me that we still couldn't allow up here. So you know, again, <laughs> it's. Uh,
0: Can you imagine if like a whole row of porta potties at Coachella went out and somebody got Hep A? It'd be like a nightmare. They would. It was somebody would be so upset. But yet mm-hmm. we've denied porta potties to an entire population. Just right under our nose. It's
2: just amazing. because we didn't want them there, yeah. You know? And you know, again, it, we didn't even use any of those hundreds of millions of dollars that are sitting there. For it's yeah. one
0: porta potty for every twenty people in refugee camps, and
2: and we couldn't even do couldn't less even, than that. Yeah. No. So you know, I, again, it's a great first step, and I'm, I'm glad we're going in the right direction. But yeah. it, we have got to keep rolling the snowball down the hill. It's a cultural
0: shift that, it, that's going to be long.
2: That, that's that's what yeah. needs to happen, and it's it's you know. It, it could be you. It could be me. And until there are people experiencing homelessness, uh, you know, it, everybody should be paying attention
1: to it because mm-hmm. you're a paycheck or two away. Yeah, and you know, and LA's got a huge problem. You know, they had mm-hmm. you know Skid Row, and and you know, like what have they been? You know, they're kind of you know they're so probably they're, they're, they're not
0: going to be able to build their way out of it. One thing people need to understand is that we need to downsize. Some people live in enormous houses, and if th- in a dense populated area, that might not be something that we should continue to allow.
2: Mm-hmm. And when there's when there's not enough room, you, yeah. you got to make it. Uh,
0: it doesn't matter how much money people have. There should maybe be a limit on how much space each person gets to take up. Otherwise,
2: in certain to, areas, right? Yeah, there could be an yes, area where you can have as much land as you want, it but helped. it's not by the city. Mm-hmm. You know, where out of Bakersfield or yeah, something yeah, somewhere I mean, out there. It, could be, it probably wouldn't even have to be that far. You know, but Riverside mm-hmm. area, Palm Springs, somewhere like that. Because mm-hmm. we know.
0: could repurpose a lot of big houses into apartments. And there's huge mansions all over LA that don't have a lot of people living in them. That. Mm-hmm. If they were repurposed, if the county... Started, they maybe not
2: even have anybody living in them. They're just like a second house, right? Yeah, the
0: county could invest in that <laughs> strategy of purchasing old houses as they go on the market and repurposing them as apartments to protect, to increase housing yeah, stock.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, they don't even like the
1: sober living homes. How like You know, like,
2: <laughs> good luck.
1: Well, I know I heard on the radio that they're talking about, like, using uh, public, um, what is that, like, parking areas and, like, building, like, in lay like, building, like, you know, homes for... For the homeless people?
0: Well, they're going to refurbish. There's tons of warehouses in LA that are empty. Part of the problem is there's code restrictions and restrictions on where you can have habitation for humans. So, in the past, we thought it wasn't a good idea for humans to habitate too close to where there's a lot of pollution or poor air quality, and people had a right to not live in those conditions. But we're getting to a point in LA where we may have to say that's not a right we can guarantee if you live in LA.
2: I, I mean you can just make well, it cheaper cuz you have to deal with that to, right I Yeah mean, but
0: if we do that we have to everybody has to agree that nobody can sue for the outcomes that might occur from being exposed to poor air quality if you end up you know there's yeah. different things that have to happen before the county can engage in placing housing in it, places Well I well.
2: mean or you could just do something about the air quality which you have to you change the <laughs> policy
0: to so it's no longer
2: as long as we're burning oil, a violation happens. of
0: someone's rights to put them in housing that has air quality like that, or something. You know, I don't know all the technicalities yeah. of it, there, but there's a lot of restrictions in LA on building and where you can build and zoning, and a lot of developers complain that they would build more low-income housing if those restrictions didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, something I hear at a lot of the meetings that I've attended. In
2: it, LA. it it makes <laughs> sense, but it might just be a cop out to not do something.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
2: <laughs> I I get weary of this. Oh well, if this was different, then we'd do this, but nah.
0: <laughs> but there, you,
1: yeah, well, kind of off topic, but you were talking about the pollution and stuff like that. So I'm I'm a truck driver, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a family. Home, you know, we have two trucks. Um, when Grossa was uh, mayor of LA, like you know, they changed a bunch of stuff like air quality and stuff like that, and you know, keep you know having there was trucks. a battle. There's yeah. a
0: battle between the rights of the truck drivers and the rights of people living in the area for right. air quality.
1: So check this out. So my dad has a, a 2012 Peterbilt. And I, have, and I drive a 97. So, you know, I'm, I'm, the truck that I drive is a low-mile type of truck, you know, you can't go over so many miles a year. My dad's truck burns twice as much fuel than the truck that I drive. And it's a 2012-compliant truck. So how is, that, how is that more, you know, fuel-efficient, economical-friendly type of deal when you're burning twice as much fuel? And that's, like a, that's what, what California wants. Like these trucks run hotter, but they're burning more fuel.
0: Is it, huh. is it because it measures less emissions in the release? It's
1: more restrictive, like with the filter, like the yeah. filtration system. But, yeah. But, you know, um, I was I, ca- I called the ARB about it. You know, I uh, actually know uh, the actually, uh, AQMD. Mm-hmm. About, I was like, what about this white smoke? Have you guys done any research on it? And they didn't have an answer for me.
0: Well, the thing that they're looking at most is the air particulate uh, matter and mm-hmm. the measurements in the air particulate yeah. matter. Um, and so if there's a link between that being higher when trucks don't that don't have those filters, then they're going to naturally regulate. I think that that battle, though, is an example of how we put one poor population against another for limited resources, in a mm-hmm. way. Like, part of that truck driver battle was that the truck companies made you guys independent contractors instead of taking you on as employees. employees. Mm-hmm. And if they would have continued to keep you as employees, you'd have more rights. hmm and they didn't want that. And so that's ultimately what I see as the bigger problem and what led to that mm. outcome.
1: Well, I just it just blew my mind, like, why is this truck burning more fuel and it's supposed to be, like – And it's supposed so to be safer. So they're claiming that
0: it has less emissions because of some filter, but we might find out in 10 years they were wrong or something. Is that what you're thinking?
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, when I called the AQMD about, like, all this white smoke. So basically it's, like, you know, the the DEF fluid, right, that's mm. supposed to, like, burn all that, you know – Like vape? <laughs> Yeah, kind of, yeah. And you, and you you see them on the 605, and it looked like they're like they're like uh, uh, chimneys, you know, just white yeah. smoke. It's like, what is this stuff? I mean, what's what's the... What's, what, what, is what are you actually admitting, you mean? Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and they didn't have an answer for, you know, well, when I called them, they didn't have an answer. Like, well, like are you guys regulating this? I mean, this, you guys are part of AQMD. it's like, oh, no, that's like the government. Like, the, that's their problem. I'm like, well, in a way, you know, that's kind of what he told me. I'm like, well... Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know? It's, well, like, it's
0: just, it's so unfair that workers are being stuck dealing with these complex regulations and stuff when really the companies should be the ones taking on this headache.
1: Well, you know, it's its, it's a struggle for us because we're, you know, you know, it's a small business. Yeah. But we have to be compliant to what, you know, what's mm. going on nowadays, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, every year we, you know, we go through the ARB, Air Resource Board, and, and you know, be, you know, we have to, like do All these things to be compliant, you know, so it's we can not keep not
0: possible to add the filtration systems to the older trucks.
1: What happens is they're, tr- they're not designed for that, okay? So, a lot of the trucks were were, were blowing up, like the engine were blowing up, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, and you know, and, and actually, what that's just,
0: dangerous, yeah.
1: And you know, there's a lot of truck fires, you wow. know, there's, and there's a lot of losses going on, you know, with that as well. Wow, so it, it's just kind of a tough deal, like sometimes. You, you know, instead, you know, we we take we try to take a, a step forward, but we're taking a couple steps back. You know, right. just because we don't we want a quick solution instead of like a long term fix. You know, like oh, let's just do this. I and feel like that's what we do every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the solution would have been better to have electric vehicles already and have everything. That's
1: that's a tough one too. You know, yeah. what I mean? because I mean, w- what's like you know the the lithium ion stuff? I mean, that's how is that being processed? You know, um,
0: the, thi- the disposal, the waste. Like, yeah, the waste, and, what are we and, doing and and with our and our nuclear waste right now, right. That's right. a big huge battle. Some people actually suggested we just dump it in space, which is like the craziest idea. I can't believe somebody educated <laughs> said that. but.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't dump it in space but maybe if we launched it in space. A <laughs> like if we know where we're sending it. Yeah. Me, you know. oh, no, but don't just like, like don't no. just like throw it up there and like maybe leave it, it or, like floating around the yeah. earth. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be it just be... becomes a dump.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just treat space well, like Well now, <laughs> now now you have well, Elon, Elon, Elon Musk are
0: we in there? Can, well,
2: hey, I you know. know, if Elon Musk can land those back on earth, maybe he can send them and land them somewhere else so we can just create like a nuclear dump. Oh, what, if we don't have aliens yet, we'll definitely have them then. That's true.
1: <laughs> well, John and uh Sheena, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and talking about this. This is a uh, you know a very important topic. A lot of people just you know you you see these people on the side of the road asking for money. They're like, yeah, you know, they're just they're you know buying you know for drugs or alcohol, or whatever you know. But you know, like I said, we can't be. They're not. They're not. They're less not so all you cut know. from the same cloth. Yeah, right. Exactly. So and I appreciate I mean, you guys. You know, yeah. talking about it. I mean, Thank you guys you. have any final thoughts on you know what we can do to improve? What's going on? You know, Activate empathy.
2: activate empathy, okay. and, and just be compassionate. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can put yourself in the, in the shoes of another person, yeah, you know, it's very unlikely you're going to find any hate.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Don't don't let these um, unjust systems and unjust circumstances that have sometimes made it feel like we're competing with our brothers and sisters for limited resources. Don't allow that to get the best of you. don't allow that to make you become jaded and mean to your brothers and sisters. We're all mm-hmm. related. That's the reality. And mm-hmm. we're all interconnected. Right. And when somebody else is hurting, it, it affects our, everybody. Yeah. So we just need it's to a make it right? stronger. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you know, just, Say what's up to one of them. Have a conversation instead of walking by them. You could change somebody's life in just one conversation. Mm-hmm. Just like she was saying in the elevator. You know, being or able to. stick
0: up for them if you see that they're being treated poorly. I saw a woman getting chewed out one time by a, re- a gas station guy for, for um, popping a squat, and he wouldn't have let her use the restroom when she asked. And I stood up for her and said, You know what? I saw her ask you for the key, and you told her no. So what do you expect her to do? She has to catch this bus. Right. And right. he backed off.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of those bathrooms, uh, they're they have keys now or they're coded, yeah. so you, you can't just go in there if you need to go to the bathroom. It's like you have to like ask for a key or ask for the and code. He did, and he, he
0: told her it was in L.A. They'll tell you every bathroom's out of order. Like
1: I've noticed crazy. that. Yeah, I've noticed that. All of a sudden, their bathrooms are out of order <laughs> uh-huh. now that homelessness what? is a huge What's problem. What's going on here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, crazy.
2: Know, it's just any blockade that people could seem to throw up to make it more difficult has been, and, and that's what we need to get out of the way. And if, mm-hmm. if those get out of the way, then you'll see the. A massive decline. Of course, there's still going to be some people out there that don't want the help, but just most of those people want help, and, mm-hmm. and when given the right help that's tailored to them, won't won't stay in that situation. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, I you guys. Well, Absolutely. Um, Thank thanks you Lou. so much. Take yeah. Care. Great.